good enough it's gonna be good enough <clears throat> yeah it was it was super super easy to fix that which if you're just joining us welcome to season two of armchair adventurer we're back we're bigger and better than ever we've got new audio techniques just discovered by me um <laughs> new <laughs> new better better sound uh dan we're in the middle of quarantine how are you how you feeling uh going a little stir crazy yeah yeah no teaching i'm guessing no man not until may 4th now why that date do you know um pretty arbitrary okay yeah okay no i'm just kidding they're they're just trying to like they're just trying to like coordinate passing out laptops to the kids so that everybody has one right and they just think they'll be able to get it done by then so in between now and then i am doing nothing all right cool uh well so uh we're calling it season two but what really happened is just several months of uh apathy laziness (laughs) um (laughs) And just generally not thinking about it, but um, we were pretty ticked off at you guys, the listeners. Yeah, I was feel appreciated. Fucking so. furious, but um, <laughs> but we're here now. We're back. We got fresh ideas. Everything's looking good. Uh, I think this is perhaps the best our pre-episode notes have ever looked because I used the highlighter on mm. Google Docs, so it really <laughs> it looks good. You got um, some different fonts. Text colors. Text colors, fonts. Um, oh, sorry. Let me demonstrate some of our newfangled capabilities. <laughs> We've had technological breakthroughs in the uh, on the podcasting front. We've got uh, we've got sound effects now. Hail to the king, baby! <laughs> Don't really know what you say. how much these are going to get used, but. Uh, <laughs> We got them. We got, uh, and I should say we as in me. It's the royal we. I have. Yeah. uh, I got voice changers. (laughs) All sorts of goofy things we can do with that. Um, Again, it's supposed to be an informational podcast, so. (laughs) Maybe we'll cool it on that, but we have it. It's in the arsenal. I don't think anybody wants you to cool on it. Yeah, they better oh, not. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or else they get the gat. I had a really... Um, I, before we get into the topic, I will mention, I had, and I just deleted it like 20 minutes ago, um, I had the intro for what this being my solo episode, I had like an introduction for why it had been so long, but that <sighs> was an additional two months ago. So... <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but I, I talked about how I killed you for crossing the picket line because the podcasters union was on strike and you made your own <laughs> episode like a scab. Uh, but anyway, listen, I got a family to feed, man. Yeah. I can't deal with these politics. Um, okay. Dino, Dano. Oh, yeah. Good fix. I have been, I've been eyeballing this topic since before this podcast ever came into living fruit. Oh, since, man. Since this podcast started. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that and I'm going to attach a little disclaimer because this topic does get into a little bit of fringe science and I did discover this on an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. So if that... Uh, if that's a red flag, turn back now. It's only going to get worse from here. Or don't. We kind of need some listeners. Keep an open mind. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, just wiping my hands of that one. So <laughs> this little spot uh, is called Gobekli Tepe. And I don't exactly know if that's the correct pronunciation. It's in Turkish. Because it is in Turkey. It is just north of the Syrian border. Uh, the name means belly hill in Turkish. This is basically um, a hilltop overlooking a valley in uh, the middle of nowhere in Turkey. But there's some special stuff about it. Um, uh, this, this hill, this hilltop, was overlooked for a very long time, to put it nicely. Um, it wasn't until 1994 that uh, any sort of import was attached to this hill. But when it was, the, um, the implications are a little wild. But in 1994, a German archaeologist by the name of Klaus Schmidt was in the area surveying other sorts of sites, as archaeologists do. And he had heard tale of... Uh, an expedition of sorts, an archaeological sweeping of the area that had been done in the 60s by a collaboration of the University of Chicago and Istanbul University. And they had found this hill, but they had seen uh, some limestone and a bunch of, you know, it looked ratty and you couldn't really make anything out. They just saw stuff sticking out of the dirt and scraps and such and assumed it was uh, an abandoned Byzantine cemetery. But It's because they were anthropologists, not archaeologists. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Solid difference. burn. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so, so Klaus Schmidt, our kraut friend, hears of this and he goes to investigate <laughs> the uh, the cemetery and he thinks that it looks a little too man-made it's it's got kind of a dome shape that doesn't you don't see too often especially in an area like that that probably saw a lot of uh, erosion over the course of uh, I guess the entire time the earth has been around <laughs> um, nice one the so what he finds eventually he starts digging around because it's a little interesting to him and he starts finding these 
these circles, like 20 foot feet in diameter, these circles. And they've got stone pillars. It honestly reminded me of our very first episode when I was reading about this, the Georgia Guidestones. They're, oh, yeah. they're sitting in circles, and it's these pillars that are like six meters, about 20 feet high. They weigh like 10 tons. And they're arranged in a way where I was trying to think of how to describe this. It's like if you were looking at this thing top down, one of these circles, it would be like these stone pillars are like the numbers on the face of the clock. But there aren't, you know, there's like seven in each or something, but they're kind of spaced out. And then in between those pillars is kind of like retaining walls made of smaller rocks facing inwards. And they found like benches and in the middle of all these circles are even taller uh, stone pillars indicating that these might have been like roofed off but that's the best guess they have they don't know anything else about it but aside from just these pillars there was also dozens hundreds i think of these pictograms and carvings relief carvings into the pillars and into the stone walls and what i mean by that is like it's not like a shape was etched into stone it's as if like you know it's where you carve everything else around outside the shape, so it's like sticking off of the stone. And they had yeah, it's those... like it's like a it's not an impression. It's like jutting out from the surface, right? It's like extruded from the surface. Oh, excuse me. Um, so Bless these you. these reliefs they all depict mammals and animals and such that were kind of important to the time. I'm guessing culturally, just things around the spot. There's a lot of vultures and commonly understood sacred symbols is what it says i guess known from neolithic cave paintings and um yeah i see a scorpion in one right so neolithic cave paintings that's a little important because there was quite a discovery after they had found all this stuff they um took it through the ringer of radiocarbon dating and it's a brut- brutal process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they discover that this site with these massive stone pillars uh, dates to roughly 11,000 BC. Uh, so, wait a minute. Yeah. What that means is that this is from the pre pottery Neolithic era, stage A. So it predates pottery metal tools and working it predates writing and the wheel it predates agriculture and animal husbandry which all came around about 2000 years after this place was built so without any system of writing no agriculture they had a group of people determined enough and skilled enough and with enough time and with enough time to make this prolific site with pillars I mean 20 feet high carved out of limestone it's a huge area too yeah absolutely what is it like 20 acres or something um so and that means I think Dan and I were looking at timelines of the the PPNA the pre-pottery Neolithic era (laughs) last night and so this predates even the earliest parts of ancient Egypt by over 2,000 years, right? 
yeah, it's Egypt is a young buck, and that's and that's not even like that's I'm talking pre-dynastic Egypt. So that's it predates the Egyptian civilization even in its earliest stages by thousands yeah. of years, and that itself was thousands of years long. Like this goes back, man. This is crazy. Right. So, um, there's three layers to the site, but, and those are, those are split up over periods of time that changes were made and stuff. But I should say that 90% roughly, but over 90% of this entire site is still underground because Dr. Schmidt did not want to excavate fully because he was worried about damaging the site and assumed, probably correctly, hopefully correctly, that archaeological techniques would be better generations, like years, generations from now, when we can really maybe get some answers on this extremely important uh, scientific discovery without losing it. And Dan, as I was telling you, this kind of messes with what we thought we knew, right? Because these people that built this would have been hunter-gatherers. Right. And um, I guess, let me, let me pull this up. Because this this guy, Air Schmidt, um, he thinks. So it's, scholars have long believed this is this is a quote from him. No, it is not. It is uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is somebody talking about him. This is not a quote from him. But scholars have long believed that only after people learned to farm and live in settled communities did they have the time, organization, and resources to construct temples and support complicated social structures. But, Schmidt argues, it was the other way around. The extensive, coordinated effort to build the monoliths literally laid the groundwork for the development of complex society in the area. And so he's kind of thinking that all of these people being together to build this thing, however long it took, they would just, over time, like bring in animals and be like, well, let's just... Let's just set up shop here right and so the building of this thing is kind of what set the spark for civilization as we know it you know i'll i'll be honest originally when i read that part of the notes i was like that doesn't make any sense i need some more explanation on that but then also like i just remembered yesterday when we were talking about this how um you know they found archaeologists found like a bunch of animal bones there Right, which yeah. at first seemed totally, totally just normal, like nothing to pay attention to. But then again, like that, that could sort of support what he's saying. You know, if like, like you said, they just brought in the animals, the food that they needed to like keep this project going or whatever. Right, explains why. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it it could go both ways. It's just, you you would never think it doesn't seem to make like logical sense that that would be the order of things, but right. And well, I guess the problem is like, so 
I guess let me let me get some information out first. There's three layers. Layer three, oldest, lowest layer, and that's the one we had talked about. That's the series of circles with the pillars. Layer two came about somewhere between a thousand and two thousand years after layer three. Architecture advanced a little bit. Instead of round rooms, they had actual rectangular rooms with limestone floors. However, the pillars from layer three still part of layer two. They kept making them. So you can infer there may have been some sort of cultural significance or, or import to those pillars and what they may have meant or what they were for. But that's pretty much the end of it because layer one is what it looks like now, basically. And that is after after layer two, like somewhere about a thousand years after layer two was built, the site was completely abandoned and not just abandoned, but covered up, basically. It was filled in with dirt and rocks and tools and bones, stones, drones, you name it. But um, automobiles, yeah. Trucks, so, um, trucks, yeah. <laughs> but Which that itself is kind of crazy because you're thinking eight thousand, excuse me, ten thousand years ago, filling in this huge area with dirt. Like where, wh- how, where did they get the dirt? Where did how they did the they dirt? move the dirt? How'd they move the pillars? No wheels. They didn't have wheels. No, yeah, what the hell? I mean, I guess they could have done that, um, I guess that whatever they think they did for Stonehenge, like, rolling it. Actually, I don't know how they tipped them up. I don't remember that. But, like, moving them, didn't they just, like, they think maybe they uh, had a bunch of logs and, like, rolled it. And once it, like, you know, you'd put all the logs and you'd push a little bit and then you'd pull the logs that were no longer under it and put it under so you can just yeah, but I mean, on. like, I mean, the dirt that they used to fill it all in. Oh yeah, that had to be a feat, no doubt. But they were already quarrying limestone for these pillars. So uh, yeah, it's a good point. Before they had metal tools, they were quarrying limestone. Um, Jesus. But hey, we've all played Minecraft. You start with <laughs> stone. So mm. uh, I might cut that. I think I'm going to cut what I just said. <laughs> from the episode <laughs> I'm removing that usually um, it's me who says the uh, <laughs> yeah. off I, the of. second that left my mouth I was like why the fuck did, man, <laughs> Minecraft dude are you kidding um, just, so, just keep this conversation so people are like oh man what did he say about Minecraft yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> cut what I said but leave this um, the uh, so oh right the point I was going to make is since it was abandoned 8,000 BC, roughly, there's zero chance that there's going to be writing on this thing. So, like, I wonder I, I wonder what they could find that would maybe... I, oh, I guess they could find, like, what more, more useful information for what it could have been used for. Like, if they find... Jeez, uh, I don't know. Something uh, similar. Urns or something. If they find, like... Well, I guess it would be a dead giveaway if they got even deeper and just found a ton of, like, obviously ceremoniously placed human remains. That would be pretty clear evidence. That's true, but, but, but here's the thing. Here's my hang-up, is okay. Layer 3 and Layer 2 were placed right. 2,000 years apart from each other. Right. 
that is insane. Like that, or that—that's not insane, but that's hard to wrap my mind around. Because, like, you got to imagine, even even if there was some sort of society or civilization that lasted that long, which it has happened, right? It we, has. We yeah. know of those. How, one, how would we not know of them? And two, right. e- even even if that was the case, that they. they what kind of record keeping would they have for the purpose of such a site to last 2000 years to be yeah, like, Oh yeah, let's point. add on to the top of that tomb. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sick of these circular ones. I started looking at the square level. It's it's there's, I have a nice overview shot that looks down into the circles, but you can see sort of the layer on top oh. of them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty cool because it's... You can see, like, the... Uh, ah, man, see, that's the thing that's just so weird. Like, so if... It, you said the pillars reach from layer three to layer two. Like I'll those be honest. center pillars. I have, I have had a very hard time understanding what this layer thing means, but I did, I finally just, I Googled Gobekli Tepe diagram. Oh, And what I beautiful. think is that they built layer two mostly on top of layer three. As in like, it was filled in and then they built layer two. But I, I'm not 100% on that. I mean, that's how I, that's how I interpreted what you were saying. Right. Um, I don't think they reach up into layer. Like, I think they're separate. I think they just continued to use that that T shape of pillar. And look, we say this a lot. I encourage you to look up pictures because, one, it's cool to see. Two, the relief carvings they made are extremely impressive yeah very precise very clean for given using stone tools presumably stone on stone no metal oh man i have like it's not hiccups but it's like i have it like pre hiccups (laughs) no but i don't think it's sticking around so we're good we're back in action (laughs) Hail to the king, baby. So, oh, I guess this is another thing because this is something we talk about pre-show, but it is important to mention. This period of time, when this was initially built, roughly 10,500 BC, it is important to know that while the area today, Turkey, is arid desert you know especially in that area of turkey this was built at a point in time called the younger driest period and that was right at the end of the last like uh glaciation period when it started warming up about halfway through that the northern hemisphere air temperatures just dropped and so places like Turkey and the Levant and Syria and all that 
Yeah. Uh, very nice. Lush, like grassy hillsides, rainfall, you name it. Animals grazing. It must have been beautiful. And then... <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, but just at the time. And the... Um, I know that it's kind of kind of a romanticized idea that Dr. Klaus Schmidt had was that since this is on a hill overlooking a valley was that this was society's first cathedral on the hill, uh, just kind of overlooking uh, what must have been a beautiful landscape. Hey, you know what? Um, side note, maybe this is a bad time. Maybe it's the perfect time. Okay. But... By this time, uh, we know that beer existed. Okay, in, so in the this East. is the oldest brewery in the world. Yeah, exactly. I think I just is that what you're getting at? Exact, precisely. Fuck yeah, <laughs> Dan. That's sick as hell, dude. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> Are we getting into theories though? Because I have one. I think we're out of we're out of uh, facts. We know as much as Doctor Klaus Schmidt knows about this place. Okay. Um, Is he alive? Because there's no yeah, telling. He's got to be alive still, right? He's got to be alive. Yeah. yeah. So since this flies so much in the face of our understanding of history, at this point, this like you know prehistory almost. Um, well, I guess this would be prehistory, right? What is prehistory? For writing, um, oh before boy. the cataloging of events? yeah, before writing, yeah. Okay, so it is prehistory, right? This is a prehistoric site. It, yes. Do you feel comfortable classifying it as such? Yeah, it took me a second, but I'm 100 okay. sure. Yeah. But essentially, irrefutable that this place is that old. So, who were these people? Where did they go? Did they just move to maybe maybe like once it started getting warmer, things started tightening up around that fertile crescent, they started moving down towards like Damascus, Syria, Iraq, you think? That's maybe that seems plausible. Because right. okay. if you look so I'm on Google Maps and uh satellite version and I have it pinned. I have Gablek Quebecly Tepe, Tepe. Wonderful. I wasn't going to let you go until you got it. Cafefe <laughs> marked on the map. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I'm zoomed out a little bit, looking down towards. Um, like if you just shoot straight south, uh, you'll land right in, um, in between those two rivers, the Tigris, Tigris and Euphrates. But just straight line south from this site, it's it's pretty green. Everywhere else, oh, it's pretty okay. dry looking. But if you just were to walk straight south from this site until you hit one of those major rivers, it's pretty much green. So maybe, like, to your point, as it got hotter, they just sort of stuck with the animals, the the green, yeah, the plants, and that just sort of pushed them south. Now, the question then, what is the point of burying this place filling it in oh brother yeah yeah what if it's what if it was like a 
What? So maybe assuming that it was some sort of like religious site, what if new religion takes over? So they angrily cover the Ooh. like whoever the new religion is. They're like, yeah, well, fuck this pagan. Yeah, whatever you got going on, like, filled it all in. We've been we've been worshiping this god for so long, and now the land is starting to dry up. Clearly, this one oh, isn't working so, oh, out. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Allow me to present alternative theory to that, though. Okay. So, so oh man, so there's a bunch of uniformly sized stones. Okay. With like a peculiar shape, right? There's they're these like oh, you're monoliths. Talking about the pillars. The pillars, yeah. 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 And like there's not like a certain amount. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh shit. Okay. No, one, two. There's three, a lot four. of them. Yeah. I was counting I like per circle. But it doesn't seem like there's a certain amount per circle, but like, I don't know. P- play with the possibility that this was some sort of like record keeping monument and maybe these stones represented time or like generations Ah, or something like that Uh, and then when they decided to leave they were like well let's cover it up it's it's a new era I don't know because there's no like that's like I mean you'd bury it the same way you throw away a used calendar right yeah yeah, and like I don't know, maybe it's like oh, this pillar has the monkey on it because that's the last time we saw a monkey or something. I don't, that's <laughs> I don't mean to belittle this civilization that was clearly doing something right, but yeah, who knows? Because mm. each yeah. pillar has uh, those um, reliefs on them. Does it? So are you still looking at pictures? Oh yeah. Does it pretty much have like one per pillar? Um, as far as I see, yeah. I guess I was gonna I was gonna equate it to like, what if it is like a timekeeping? It was similar to like the Chinese like zodiac, but then like the archaeologists who are much smarter than me would probably notice like repeating stuff like that. Yeah, like patterns. Yeah, they probably would have is... picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a sophomore level podcast compared to what Yeah, if if I know. could put that one together halfway through a <laughs> stiff drink, I bet the people who's who dedicated their life to it could yeah. uh, could figure I, that one out. I also want to point out that this one over this um aerial shot of the site that I'm looking at right now has two of those circles in it. And each of them has 11 pillars around the circle. Okay. So, with, like, a reasonable space in between two of them where there could be a 12th so that they'd be pretty evenly spaced out. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just freaking saying. You know. Yeah, man. I don't know. This This is disappointing, too, because, like, Dr. Schmidt did say he was leaving it for future generations. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get much progress on this thing in our lifetime. But um, also, I want to know, like, is there a layer four? Oh, yeah. Even deep. Oh, right. Because like, like if you go to Greece, you can find like eight layers of cities. 
Right, and we're talking like the cradle of civilization here. Dan. What? What if they went deeper and it was like 20,000 years old? And they and then were you're just, like, just then like, we, we really can't. have some questions. <laughs> what, what if they did and they were like, no, we can't tell anybody about this. We're not ready for this yet. Oh, God. Yeah. Coming We've, for you, Klaus. Carbon-14 dated this to 300,000 years old. God. Ugh. That would be a that would be a fucking problem. Yeah. We also found some size 32-foot impressions <laughs> in the stone, so Oh, do you works. like Hey, what do you th- what do you think about uh giants? Do you think they ever well, That's a stupid <laughs> question. We're not going to get into that right now, but uh, you know, there's my point is there's not evidence, but like I guess the idea of a large human is not like a particularly novel one, but you know, they, they are like in the Bible, like the old Testament and they're in all sorts of old myths. So I guess it's just like, what if there was a few that were just like big old dudes, you know, but that there'd obviously be some sort of, wait, no, actually hold on. Did you see that? Have you ever heard of the, the Smithsonian museum destroying giant bones? What the fuck? No. Well, okay, I'll I'll say that, and then I'll see if that's total bullshit. And then on the next episode, we'll open with that answer. Okay. Because I think in, like, the, the early 20th, there's they had a bunch of, like, massive human skeletons and destroyed them. Big science. Gosh darn it. Go figure. Yeah. Big science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is that, that's about it for theories, huh? Or you got any any other any further speculation? Uh, no, man. About our about our forebears. Very baffled. Not our forebears, man. We we got to go way back to get there. Yeah, grand forebears. Grand forebears. Yes. I'm just saying, man. This little this little fertile crescent keeps keeps surprising us. Can you hear? my roommate watching Game of Thrones? No. Okay. Well, I hope Audacity doesn't pick that up. <laughs> there's a sword fight this going on right Discord. now. Um, Just covered up with the, the air horns. Yeah. Hey, any... um? Here's a, here's a little tip, assuming this episode works. For all you prospective podcasters, instead of setting up a convoluted system with an automated <laughs> bot that rips a Discord conversation, how about how about you just record local copies of the audio for each of you, and then you sync it up with a clap at the beginning, and then you don't have uh, dropouts and uh, uh, audio breaking. And hey, you know what? Since I gave you that little tip, you won't have to waste eight episodes to figure that one out for yourself. <laughs> so so here's <laughs> thanking our sponsor, hopefully someday financially, Audacity. You think this free program is going to sponsor us? They don't. I bet the, this company does not. I bet it's not even a company. Remember, the download page is on a different website. They don't even have server space. (laughs) (laughs) You're Um, right. uh, No, we're going to get like... I won't even accept a sponsor until it's like a Fortune 500 company. Fortune 500? 
Yeah. What kind of companies do you think are on the Fortune 500? Hey, I'll tell you this, buddy. American uh, Family Insurance advertises on Conan's podcast. So, what? Yeah, <laughs> you believe that? I don't even understand what you said. American? Oh, really? You said American Family Insurance? Yeah. What is that? Do you've never heard of American Family Insurance? No, dude. American? Fuck! This is such a waste of time. <laughs> this episode. I think. Over. I mean, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll probably. I'll probably just cut it. Um, Unless we get something really good. We'll, we'll, we'll... Uh, Wait, you're cutting it now, or you keep still going? No, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. I'll play a little Doctor Frankenstein in post. See what we can do. We can get State Farm. Yeah, oh, it is State Farm. State Farm is the one that advertises on his podcast. Thank you. Oh, really? Wow. You did it. <laughs> Congratulations. Wait, why am I not? I'm making a fake voice when I've got a voice changer at my disposal. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Okay, so let's 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 rein it in. Let's <laughs> reel it in. Um, Should we do like a next time? Yeah, I think should we go ahead and just move forward with uh, the Northwest Passage, or do you yeah, want to do? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so next week we're coming at you, and should we? I guess since you're kind of at least for a month, roughly open, should we just make this the day, like Thursday nights record? Oh yeah, dude, and even beyond that May Fourth <clears throat> date, I am. Like we're just we're doing online teaching, which is going to be like absolutely no work for me. So. Right, right. And I guess honestly, now that I'm at this different job, like work, like the evenings are open for me now. So I guess really, it's like Excellent. that might not even be an issue if. Um. So yeah, we'll be coming at you. I guess I, the the podcast uploading thing is kind of fickle. So this uh, this could go up shortly after I edit it tonight or more likely it'll be like early Friday morning but um, I dig being a weekend podcast yeah yeah okay (laughs) all right well thanks for joining dude we hey here's a question did we have outro music before I think we did Um, or was that just the first few that's a good question I don't know. Okay. Well, I oh, guess we I'll... did. We did have for at least a few of them. Yeah. Because you would say something about what the song was going to be. Oh, that's right. It was all. It was different all the time. Like I, yeah. it was like Monster Mash and okay, yeah, that's right. Damn, I'm creative. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, um, um, that's it then. So, I guess we'll press record and stop this recording. Not yet. Oh, wait, no, you got to press. Wait, no? No, you didn't say what is happening next time. Oh, okay. Um, uh, go Beckley Tepe. Go. 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 <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. We'll play that Turkish <laughs> March song <laughs> that was featured on my Casio piano when I was a kid. Interesting. That you could play I don't remember that. I don't know what you're talking about. So I'll just yeah, be you know what? You might know the song though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna hit stop, Dan. 
Okay, Northwest Passage. Bye.